Welcome to Fabulous After 50, the podcast for women wanting to make the most of their lives. My name is Julie Kennedy, and I am your host. Today, we welcome the wonderful Camilla Quintana, expat empowerment coach and host of the Empowered Expat Woman podcast. And we will be discussing a topic very dear to my heart. But first, Camilla, let us set the stage. Can you share a little bit about who you are, maybe where you live and why you do what you do? Of course. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for having me on your show. I'm very excited to be here. And yes, my name is Camilla. I'm originally from Vienna, Austria. I come from a multicultural family. So I think that has shaped me in very early years just to be very, you know, open-minded and always drawn to to go abroad and, and, you know, to different cultures and languages and so forth. So yes, at age 18, I started basically my expat journey. At first, it was self-initiated, and I went to study abroad and work abroad. Then I met my husband, who was originally Spanish from Madrid. And uh, when we got married, then our expat life changed because I started to follow his international career, which was a totally different ballgame, right. let me say. And it was actually pretty difficult in the beginning because all of a sudden I found myself with nothing to do. I had given up my job to move. I was, you know, a newlywed. I had all these expectations of what life would be like, and it just wasn't like that at all. So, so fast forward today, we live in, in Bilbao in the North of Spain. And I have become an, a coach specializing on expat women, on women experiencing what I've experienced in the past which is living somewhere, but really feeling lost and not really knowing which way to go, which way to turn, what to do with your life. And that has become my passion. I I felt so bad at the time that I decided I don't want anyone to necessarily feel that way. So that's what I dedicated my life to. And yes, here I am. I love those stories. I just find, you know, in life, we don't always choose what happens to us, right? You know, we or we do choose in a way. I mean, I'm, I'm from the same background. So I was married and together for 25 years with a, a Dutch diplomat, my now ex-husband. So indeed, we moved a lot. I moved a lot as a, as a family as well. I'd never actually lived seven years, more than seven years anywhere until now this latest stage that I'm at as a divorcee still in the Netherlands, because this is where we came back to so that our children could finish school. And I mean, what you say, we can all relate with. I mean, many people in this audience will relate to that. And to I find it's it's become harder and harder for the younger generation. I mean, you're you're younger than I am. In my days, it was still a little bit that it, you know it was it was okay, and we would find a way. I'd said, oh great, you know, actually, I'm fed up with my international career. I was a management consultant working, you know, incredible shift. It was all very glorious and lots of money, but it, it was really very unfulfilling. It was also the days when being a management consultant meant sacking everybody. So, I mean, after a while, I was just finding it very, very hard to cope with all of that. So I was delighted and I knew that I'm a resourceful person and that I would find my way, probably in a different way. But oh gosh, I remember those moments. And, and as, a, as a young mother as well, I mean, I actually arrived in our first posting, which was then Cameroon with a newborn. 
so let alone having stopped my high-flying career, I'd had a baby and, you know, was in Africa, Black Africa. You know, apparently they killed a venomous snake the morning that I arrived in the entrance of the house. Nobody told me that. So, I mean, there were all sorts of things. And you're very alone. There I was alone with yeah. a newborn. And you can't go out with a stroller. There are huge holes in the road and it's too hot and there's mosquitoes and there's no park to go to anyway. So, I mean, I, I very much relate to that. And now my heart does go out as well to those who are in my age category, the 50 plus, because as you say, it's finding your path it's finding you know once you've maybe first sorted the rest out which I think is always our you know if, if, if there's been a decision made right okay we're going abroad as as expats you know I always go from the principle that none of us are dragged by our hair out there right maybe we didn't understand what we were letting ourselves into but you know we go from the hope that it is a common decision right that we're going to go abroad one of us has got the job the other one's going to first you know if there are children settle everything up and then we'll find whatever is fulfilling for them it can be a job it can be volunteering it can be doing sports it can be art it can be whatever you know it fulfillment right. comes in different ways right so i mean so so you've exactly you took something which you lived and thought, well, how can I make it better and easier for other people? Yeah, exactly. And I think th those are the most fulfilling careers, right? It, it really is. And, and having this personal experience and being able to relate, you know, and like you said, whether it's a young person with all these expectations that right. really set us up to suffer sometimes because we imagine things to be a certain way that's yes. not realistic, or you're already, you know, in your older years yeah. um, and my clients really come from all different age groups but the the commonality is that any life transition and moving abroad and moving between countries or even returning home it is a huge life transition so right. I think you know we need to acknowledge that and there has probably been too little of acknowledging of what that entails and all the sacrifices that entails yeah. and the, yeah. the ways you need to overcome yourself you know, many expats, they've enjoyed quite a comfortable life. Let's just say they've had yeah. quite a good expat package. And so they quickly, the women quickly feel guilty for maybe not feeling fulfilled. Yes, yes. And I can relate with that very much. So yeah. yeah. And when we do that, we kind of betray that inner voice that is trying to tell right. us that there is something missing and it's okay. It's okay to say, I have a comfortable life, but I want something more. There's something missing in my life. Exactly. So that brings us to the topic of today, because what we are going to be discussing is, is, you know, so obviously this is a 50 plus audience. So we're going to be discussing the redefining yourself or finding yourself or rediscovering yourself as you move, as you change these, as you change where you are, as you say, it can be changing countries, it can be going back to your home country. But one thing I do want us to define first is indeed, what is an expat? Because we're talking about, you know, the, the, the 50 plus expat spouse, you know, whether male or female, this audience is mostly women. What do we define as an expat? Because that was a bit of an, an eye opener for me when I came back to Holland after my 25 years out. How yeah. would you define an expat? I mean, the first thing my mind goes to, I think, like you, an expat is someone who not only lives abroad, but also moves yes, every regularly. two years yeah. regularly, right? However, I've also come to kind of open up that definition to people who live abroad long term, maybe not forever, but just let's say yeah. 10, 
15 years. And even, and I like the word global woman, which we're both part of the Global Woman Club, yeah. right? Which defines someone with maybe who comes from a multicultural background and right. just feels like, you know, they don't belong here or there, or there's just this added element to them that makes them a little different. So I am all for opening up these definitions. Yes. And yes. whoever identifies with the word expat is so welcome, I think, to use right. it. I mean, originally it's from expatria, right? So you've left your patria, wherever that is, you know, but that was in the old days, we had a patria. I mean, as I was saying to you, I don't even consider myself an expat. I consider myself a no pat because yes, I'm British and I lived there till I was seven. And then I went back for a few years to do my university BA. But that doesn't really make me British. Yes, I lived in France for a long time. My family are based in France. That doesn't make me French. I've now probably lived in Holland more than I've lived in any other country, but I don't consider myself Dutch. So, I mean, then you you have that sort of quite scary, actually, at this period of our life also thing that, you know, well... You know, you've lived for different circumstances. First of all, I followed my parents. Then I followed my studies and my, my, my jobs. Then I followed my husband then, who was, you know, a diplomat. So then we did the big moves, the Cameroon, Uganda, Senegal, Berlin, and then back to The Hague. And so sometimes I feel a bit like a little girl that I'm just waiting for, okay, you know, where's the next move going to come from? Yeah. But knowing you know that... What my, what my very first slogan was in my business it was finding your inner happy place, no matter where you're based. And it was something I came up with because to me, you know, before our last move, it was so important to redefine that home. It wasn't something that I was giving up. It wasn't something I was going yes. through. Home to me personally is where I am. I and agree. building this kind of really strong relationship with yourself where you can feel at home in your body and in your mind. Right. That to me is the antidote and it, it takes some time and some work. Yeah. There will be ups and downs. To me, that's the antidote to looking for home because like you right. said, it probably isn't a physical place for many of us. Yes. Okay, as well. Yeah, it is exactly. And and that's that saves us, as you say, because, you know, I it's, it's, it's that, I mean, that's what, what you, you do as well. It's the coaching, it's the finding who you are. And then, yes, all the experiences around you, the different cultures, the different, they, you know, my family life is a real poopoo of everything. You know, we seem to now celebrate every single national day in the world right. because, no, you know, I, I picked them up. Yeah. You know, my family is multicultural as it is. My husband is Spanish. My sister-in-law is Brazilian. My sister lives in Australia. So she comes with her. Well, it's yeah. a like you yeah. said, also beautiful. And within all of that, we do create our own traditions, which are who we are. Because somebody sort of said, oh, but then you're just like a sponge. But then who's who are you in the middle? And I'm like, no, no, I'm the base. And then I let in what I want to let in. But okay, we've got to get back to today. So I mean, your your job, and I'm so grateful for people like you is indeed helping expats define who they are and where their happy place is as they move around. Because the only thing we take with ourselves is ourselves, right? Everything else changes. And we change too. So that's that challenge as well, right? We have to redefine anyway, who yeah. we are. But so now I was thinking just the other day, somebody said to me, Oh, do you do you not regret all of that life? And I was saying, well, yes, from some point of view, I do a lot because I just I'm not used to not moving. I just love the challenge. Of course, at times I was overwhelmed by it all, like we all are, you know, especially when you've got younger children and you have to really recreate an entire world, not just for yourself, but for them as well, and find out where the doctors are and where do you buy your food. I mean, it's a huge, huge thing. 
But I'm thinking, you know, if I were to go now, you know, so now my three children have left home. So I'm no longer with my husband, but I have another partner. But it would be a totally different kettle of fish because a lot of my original network and structure was via the school in a way. You know, you meet the parents, you know, the children have their routine. So first of all, you help them and that gives a routine to your day. And then you find, okay, what brings me joy now? What do I want to, what need of mine do I want to fulfill here? In which way do I want to grow? You know, that I can take with me afterwards. That's actually how I became a life coach was because of this lifestyle and through this lifestyle as well. And an editor for that matter. But so would you say there are particular challenges to the 50 plus expat spouse? I think, you know, more than maybe the factual aspects I think it's a lot to do with mindset I think in 50 plus what I've noticed is first of all you may have spent considerable time outside of let's say professional life yeah your kids if you had kids they may be outside out of the home or they're already grown up they don't need you as much anymore and so when you move again, there's really this, this very strong need, like you mentioned, to yeah. redefine yourself. What am I going to do with my life right now? Yeah. And I think, you know, mindset can, can get in the way as we may not see, we may not believe that we have all these opportunities that are actually out there. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, I also think that or what I noticed with my clients is that when you spend so much time taking care of others and putting other needs first, it's really difficult to all yes. of a sudden sit with yourself yeah. and put your own needs first, or even to know what your needs are. And exactly, exactly. And I think that's more for women, really, isn't it? It's, it's we do we do nurture. I mean, that's that's it's genetically in us. We we, we are there to nurture to bring up these children for evolution purposes. You know, we need to set them up. And indeed, I think, well, the big risk that lots of us run anyway, expat or not expat already to start with, is indeed the fact that you define yourself via the fulfilling of other people's needs. So for many women with children, it is their children and they give them all. Sometimes they hide a little bit behind their children to not actually go into the who am I, what do I need, and who also don't then maybe invest as much in their relationship. And suddenly the children are gone because, I mean, empty nester is also a a topic that I'd very much like to discuss on this show as well at some point is, you know, when the children go, who's left? Who who am I? Who is this guy or girl or whatever that I live with? You know, what do we actually share when it's not worries or joys, et cetera, about the children? There's suddenly a huge gap there, which can be scary, but which can also be a huge opportunity, of course, to fill You know what I think is so important, and that's really, I think, at the core of what I want to pass on to people, and especially expat women, and especially serial expat women who move regularly, is that we need to have our own long-term vision that is personal for us as a person, not for us as a mom, not for us as a wife, just for us as a person. When we have this long-term vision you know that's that's set up by a lot of self-knowledge what are we like what do we like to do what yes. do we like to bring to this world it's knowing your values it's knowing what motivates you it's knowing who you want to be in this world then every every move could be a different chapter but it will yeah. be a different chapter of the same book right i think the problem is when 
you have different chapters of different books. And then it's so easy to move to another place and say, well, now I feel completely lost. I don't know which way yeah. to go. Yeah. When you have this long-term vision, it's like your North Star. It's like your GPS. And it will help you not only to know what to do with your life and what not to do with your life, but also take better decisions because you'll know, is this yes. aligned with my vision or not? Yeah. Right? And it gives meaning, right? Instead of feeling like a, a firework, which is going off in all directions. That reminds me, I, I did a coaching course when I first became a coach, which was when we came back to Berlin after 15 years in Africa, we, I, I, I did this course and I actually participated in a book. I always forget this. It was a book called A Coach Story, I think it was, by Gerald O'Donovan. And we could all put it in a chapter. And my chapter was exactly called that. How do I find my way when the paths around me change all the time? Now, this is way back. and It wasn't at all as deep as the stuff that you're doing, which is really focused entirely on that. But it is that question is that we do need to have our compass, right? And then that compass, we then maybe go about it in a different way in each country, but we're not coming there as as a blank slate. We're, we're who we are. And one of the advantages of the 50 plus is that often we have had that much more life experience, more chances to find out maybe more what we don't like and what doesn't work for us rather than what we do want. But by elimination, it already brings us that yeah. bit closer yeah, to thinking, okay, valuable insights. this is important for me. And, and to be able to take that. So that's, that's one of the things that you, you know, if yeah. we're talking about tips, you know, I'm thinking about well, people who will be listening to this episode will then be, you know, probably expats, spouses in their fifties or over 60, 70, 80. I mean, it's very open the other end. What advice would you have for them? as expats moving. Right. So the first and foremost, just like to, you know, repeat and, and emphasize, it's really spending some time elaborating your long-term vision, right. uh, having that in place, because I think that feeling of being lost, of not knowing what to do with your time, of all the worry and the anxiety that is triggered by feeling that way, you right. can eliminate a big bunch of that by spending time figuring out what your long-term vision is. Also, like mm -hmm. you alluded to as well just now, is that when you know that, you can kind of lay back and allow for different things to, to happen in your life and to play out in a different way, right? So it doesn't need to be this rigid path. I need to do this and I need to do that. As an example, there was a time that I had like a, a really you know obvious amount of lawyers, lawyer clients. It was really like- oh. Another lawyer. Okay. <laughs> and obviously, you know, when you practice law, you cannot transfer that to another country or it's really difficult. Yes. To yes. So there is like this, this identity crisis that comes with that because it's also a career that you, you know, you define yourself by being a lawyer. And you've invested years and years and years of study. So it's important for exactly. you, right? Exactly. And so what we did is we, first of all, you know, we looked at ways that they, these women could maybe find other, other, you know, like vehicles, practice law, you know, quote right. unquote, but not as a profession, but for instance, at a charity. So they're yes. still doing something that makes sense for them, where they can really shine with their gifts and their studies and their certifications and everything. But it's not the regular career of, or maybe you can ask yourself if you, if you had a career in the past, what elements about it, even if you're not able to, to do that career, or maybe you're not willing to go back into that career, right? But what elements of that career 
really excited you and you can be so flexible and allow for things to play out differently, but still to make sense in the long run. Yeah. Flexibility says it all. And what you've just said, just the word flexibility, it is that, right? It's knowing what's important for us, but not being as rigid on the way we want it done. I remember when I left Senegal and we're talking now about, well, 10, 15 years or so ago, I remember a, a young couple came in after us to the to the embassy and she she had been, well, she was a high flyer in Holland before, before coming. And she was very, very frustrated because she was not finding the sort of job. Whereas her industry was something to do with IT. And I'm saying, well, you know, there's, there's a huge demand for IT here too. But yeah, it wasn't the same salary. It wasn't, and I'm like, well, no, it's not going to be the same salary. It's not the same you know, life, you know, level here, obviously, it can't be the same salary, but does that really matter? You know, is it the amount of money which defines how happy you are at your job or how progress you're doing? And I always like to say the job, which probably brought me the most self-satisfaction and by far the job where I grew the most was I was president of of a huge international organization in Senegal, totally volunteering. I worked 14 hours a day. It started off, it was quite a small organization, but I decided if I was doing it, I was running it like a company. There were 250 by the time I left. I went from being terrified of speaking in public at literally vomiting in the toilet before the first meeting to now I can stand in front of an audience of 5,000. It makes no difference. I cannot believe that you had a fear of public speaking because you can tell that you do it so well and you enjoy it. I was terrified. I was always the one in the room who, you know, even if you had to introduce yourself, I would find an excuse to leave the room. I was so shy. And that job... Imagine, I cannot even imagine that. And I think, you know, this is such a great example for your audience right now to really open your minds and say, even though I've never done this or been this or was able to do something, that doesn't mean that I won't be in the future. And I think setting goals for ourselves is extremely important, not because we want to put pressure on us and start, you know, hustling and working hard and kind of like this hustle culture that we experience around us, but rather because we want to keep growing. We don't want to yes. stand still. No, right? exactly. Towards our- we all have our feeling of purpose, right? That's something that I feel is really important. It's purpose that motivates us. And our purpose cannot just be looking after the others. It yeah. cannot just be, right, being the perfect yeah. spouse of, you know, arranging whatever needs to be arranged in the expat life. There has to be bigger than that. Yeah. And that's what that's what keeps us going in all these different moments. And you know what also is really important? And I think that's something that especially women underestimate a lot is that Uh, apart from purpose, which sometimes can be a little hard to define because it's something so personal and so unique. It's that sense of accomplishment and that sense of significance. I really matter. And in in psychology, there is the self-worth theory and it states that it's an innate human need to to be seen as capable, able, competent, by ourselves. So we need to think that of ourselves and by others. And I always, from the moment I've heard, I've read that or heard that, it stuck with me. Like yeah, the I like that. Oh. And I think that's something that many expert wives that have, have discontinued work, they underestimate that aspect. Yeah. You can be busy, you can do a whole lot of stuff, but you also need that sense of accomplishment yeah. and everything. 
And you need to believe it yourself. I remember going through a hard period. I think it was in Uganda. And I was saying to my mother, well, what am I doing with my life? You know, I had ambitions. I used to earn more than him. And, you know, here I am moving around the world, you know, arranging everything for the children and this and that. And, you know, well, what am I doing? What's my legacy here? And, you know, I'm, I'm always number two, you know, it's either his job or their school or whatever. You know, I'm just sort of the, the non-entity in the back who arranges everything. And she was saying, but gosh, you have no idea from the outside what we see you doing you know how you recreate a family every time how you keep that solid base with the children that they don't even mind moving because you're there because the family's there because we talk about it because we we talk about the fears and you know we laugh together and we make it work but we don't see that I didn't see that and that is such a huge accomplishment and that's why I really think and I always say that expat women we need to be so much more proud of what we've accomplished yeah. even though it may not be something that you can put on a CV yeah. but it's a huge accomplishment and we did so much and I think it saddens me sometimes to see that what's left sometimes right especially let's say 50 plus when they move again and they find themselves a little lost and, and yeah. unsure of how to proceed what's left is maybe that feeling of regret of everything they didn't do Right. It's a lot of the acknowledgement and the gratitude for everything they did do. That is a very good Maybe one. Maybe your partner, and it really depends on, on the yeah. individual. It depends on the quality of the marriage right? Maybe your partner did not acknowledge you. And maybe even your surroundings did not realize what it took. But yeah. that's why it's so important to acknowledge it for yourself. That is so true. What you're saying actually, it's actually cutting to the core for me, just listening to you, because I had that a bit as well. You know, we came back, we decided to divorce, it was very amicable. I'm quite close with my, my ex husband, it couldn't have been nicer. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I didn't find the job that I was looking for. That's why I set up my own company, because obviously I had you know, high studies and I had had a, a, a sort of managerial sort of management consultant job before. But obviously, you know, I'd been gone for a long time. And in the years that, the, you know, I'd done lots of things on the side, but I hadn't continued that career. And so there does come a little bit there. Well, OK, right. So now divorce, no money. You know, I gave everything up to set the family up and to follow all around and but that's not true and that's not how I chose to look yeah. at it I am grateful for every moment we had anyway, right yes so we need to take that leap of faith I think to say where I am right now is where I'm supposed to be and where I am right now is a perfectly good place to start yes and to acknowledge what all of those things were of course I was not building my career but what did I get in return it's so huge all the things that I picked up or even the things that you do in those countries right I was always a wannabe actress you know who used to you know work, be on the little stages here in the little schools in Uganda I was in the national theater five times a year you know it was yeah, it's also opportunity, right? Those sort of countries. And it is, as you say, it's taking stock at the 50 plus, not of what you didn't do, but of the huge amount of stuff you have gained and what do you want to do with it? So if we're talking about arriving, you know, then say, let's say suddenly without the children in a different setting in a new posting is to look at it, I suppose, with the eyes of opportunities you know what can yeah. I do how can I live my expat life in a different way now that the children have gone or that you know and and we do have more years before those might have been the years we were thinking of oh retirement's just around the corner now 
I'm just using the diplom Dutch diplomat system because that's the one I know. Whether they don't retire before 67 now, so I mean, you still have a lot of years. How many years statistically you still have? Yeah, health, right? Yeah, and I think it. I think it can feel for many expat and diplomatic wives, it can feel like they didn't have full control over their life because it was just kind of like this. This wheel was turning, right? And and they were sent here and they were sent there. And of course, you also played a part maybe in the decision, but not all the way. Yes, yes. And now I think it's really important to to show to yourself that yes, you do have control over your life. You have control, even when you thought you didn't, you have control in how you interpret things, how you choose to remember things, because we can always choose to remember the good or the bad, and both has been there, right? Right. And also, you can choose to see the cup half full or half empty. Both will be true. You can argue on both sides, I'm sure. You'll just be much happier if you try to see the glass half full and look for the opportunities. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Would you just like to summarize? We have two minutes left. Just summarize yeah. rapidly. So okay. expat partners out there moving. So much more. I could go I on. Like well, we we will have you back. You. If you're happy, I would be very happy to have you back. It's not a one only. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so great. And also, you know, you have all this lived experience. So that was amazing. So just to quickly summarize, first of all, very first of all, acknowledge everything you've done as an expat woman, as an expat spouse, it is incredible. I know it can feel like, you know, you missed out on things, but where you are, is a perfectly good place to be. So just acknowledge that for yourself, even if no one else ever did. Second, think about your long-term vision. Who do you want to be in this life? What do you want to be remembered as? What do you want to bring to this world? What makes you unique? Ask yourself these questions, get to know yourself really well. And then Three, set goals for yourself. I think, you know, it's so important to get into action. Action is actually what gives us clarity, what gives us confidence. We sometimes think that think that we need to have all that before we take, take action, but it's mm-hmm. actually through taking action. And even if it's a, a little bit of trial and error, that's okay. It's through taking action that we get to that place. So that's a very good I'm one, actually, because lots of us hide behind talking about it, arranging it, waiting, yeah, but we're actually hiding, that. right? Yeah. 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 So, so set goals for yourself and just make 2023 the year that you're going to act on all of those goals. And just as a final word or a reminder, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. No, I don't know that one either. Yeah. He talks about the 1% rule. And what he says is that actually it doesn't need to be like this huge action step that you take or this, you know, working 14 hours. It doesn't need to be that. It could be just a 1% improvement of, of whatever area of your life you want to improve. And according to his calculations, and he's, he's lived through this and he teaches it to people and he's very famous. According to his calculations, if you, if you improve by just 1% throughout an entire year, at the end, you will have improved almost 32%. So that's yes. really astonishing. Yeah. That. And it makes it less daunting, right? It makes it less daunting. It makes it really manageable. So my last invitation for the listeners would be pick, you, you set your, you, you have your long-term vision, you set a goal that will get you there. Now pick one baby step, just a 1% improvement in that area and do that day in, day out. And you'll have a 32 
percent improvement by the end of the year and please tell me about Wonderful. it afterwards. thank you camilla and we will make sure that we have how people can get in touch with you because you basically you run your expat coaching practice online as well all over the world mostly right. online so i have clients from all over the world english speakers german speakers and spanish speakers which are of my languages and and yes so we will put all the info in the notes do you do you have is your website easy to remember just for those who are maybe listening in the car or in the That's train camillaquintana.com camilla with double l Camilla, thank you very, very much. And I, this is an open invitation. Please come back so we can take this further. I would love to. That would be, well, so would I. So thank you for that. For the rest of you out there, let's set ourselves up for success in 2023. So thank you for all of this very sound, very human and very inspiring advice, Quintana. All the best to all of you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. Now it is up to you to make it happen. Join me next week for another dose of empowering vitamins as we navigate the marvelous roller coaster we call life. Subscribe and let me know what you think we should be talking about. Take care out there. <laughs>